If you're looking for a way to be a helper during this time, truly one of the best ways to get involved at Mental Health Association Oklahoma is to make a donation. Anything will help us continue to serve our participants during this difficult time. So visit Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page and donate on the COVID-19 Relief Fund or go to mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page. My hope is that we can really decrease mental health symptoms and overall stress and anxiety that our Oklahomans are experiencing because of this pandemic so that they can thrive, not just survive, but thrive in this adapted work-life experience that we're having. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, we have Dr. Rebecca Hubbard. And today we're going to talk about managing stress related to COVID-19 via Mental Health Association Oklahoma virtual support groups, which we are launching this Saturday, April 11th, 2020. And to explain all of that, Rebecca, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Thanks, Matt. Super glad to be here. Super excited that as the Director of Outreach Prevention and Education at the Mental Health Association Oklahoma, I have had the opportunity to bring uh, new support groups into the virtual community and allow our Oklahoma citizens to join support groups related to the stressors they may be experiencing due to COVID-19 and its impact on our daily life. So, uh, Rebecca, let's go back to pre-COVID and explain how our support groups normally work? Sure. So normally our support groups are available for diagnoses and life experiences that might leave you in a place that you're needing some extra support as you navigate your journey for your mental health and well-being. Groups are for anxiety and depression, PTSD and bipolar disorder, as well as life events such as losing a loved one to a suicide or losing a loved one to a violent act. You know, if someone had come to you pre-COVID and said, hey, Rebecca, what do you think about doing virtual support groups? What would have been your mindset then? Honestly, I was already kind of thinking, would this be a possibility? How would this work? What parameters do I need to look at? How do I keep people safe in a meeting setting like that? Make sure that all everything is uh, flowing well and uh, is functional and manageable by the facilitator. And so I just would have had a lot of questions, but I definitely would have started looking into it. I think it's an, an awesome opportunity to utilize the technology we have today in, in innovative ways. So let's say you are among the mental health professionals who may not be so open-minded to new innovations. <laughs> <laughs> right. So <laughs> I think there would have been a higher level of skepticism, likely just out of concern. Most therapists, or if not all, have that heart of compassion and want to take care of and protect and provide the best environment for all of their clients to receive their services in a way that helps them to reach their maximum potential. So they may be a little fearful of whether an online support group would be safe for them and whether it could, you know, confidentiality and integrity could be maintained. Um, this has kind of thrown us into having to try it out. And so there's less skepticism. There was still some, and I did have some, you know, and I 
have had some that are, well, wait, can you do that? And what about this? And what about that? We just continue to move forward and answer those questions. I do think that there would be more hesitancy without COVID. But interestingly, even those that were hesitant before and are starting to get the hang of things are already very quickly saying, wow, we might want to keep some of these online. It is April 7th, uh, 2020, and we launched the virtual support groups about two weeks ago. So explain what all virtual support groups did we initially roll out? So in the first week, we initially rolled out support groups for anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, depression, PTSD, losing a loved one to suicide, losing a loved one to a violent act, and uh, parents supporting parents, which is parents and caregivers of a child that has a mental health disorder coming together to support one another. So, Rebecca, uh, all the information about these virtual support groups, including the virtual support groups related to managing stress related to COVID-19, are all on Mental Health Association Oklahoma's website at mhaok.org forward slash support groups. But if you could, for our audience, if you could just give us um, a run through of all of these new support groups. Yes. So all the groups are related to stress management in relation to COVID-19. So first, we have our stress management support for first responders answering the COVID-19 call. This group is a closed referral only group for police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and medical personnel for response debriefing. So these would be referrals that come in through our mental health assistance center, and we would assist them in plugging into these meetings with the meeting information invite. Second, we have stress management support for frontline workers experiencing the COVID-19 impact. This group is also a closed referral group for frontline responders, such as homeless outreach, day center workers, shelter workers, and volunteers and workers for response debriefing. Stress management for the general population related to COVID-19 are being offered, and these groups are open to the general public for referral to join. Again, you just call the Mental Health Assistance Center line, and we will connect you with a screener who will help you to select a group that fits you best. And these are broadly for people that are having difficulty managing their stress related to the pandemic and social impact it's having on their life. And those times can be found on the web page. We additionally have some specific stress management groups for the general population related to COVID-19 and particular needs that individuals may have. These groups are open for referral to join for those in the public with a specific mental health history, for example, trauma or obsessive compulsive disorder or domestic violence. These people may be experiencing heightened stress due to COVID-19 and their previous experiences. So we have a group that is already forming for COVID-19 stress response and the history of trauma. We also have multiple COVID-19 stress-related groups that are also for parents that are experiencing a, a heightened level of, of stress while they are parenting and trying to manage school at home. Yeah, again, find all those details at mhaok.org forward slash support groups. And you can call us at 918-585-1213 or 405-943-3700. Or you can email us at info at mhaok.org. And there's all the details for getting referred into those groups. 
Okay. So that's that's a lot to take in. The website does a really nice job of kind of laying that out. But, you know, what are your hopes for these virtual support groups really focused on managing stress related to COVID-19? How are they going to help people? My hope is that we can really decrease mental health symptoms and overall stress and anxiety that our Oklahomans are experiencing because of this pandemic so that they can thrive, not just survive, but thrive in this adapted work life experience that we're having. Let's talk about uh, the benefits of virtual support groups. Maybe someone was hesitant about going to an in-person support group and maybe how virtual support groups may be a good fit for them. I'll be a forthcoming. I have attended support groups before and there have been times that I attended online. And for me, it was different scenarios. One time I was in a rural area. Another time it just felt safer for me. And then I've heard other people state that it's more convenient or when they're traveling, they can still um, participate in their group. So that's been helpful. As we're all learning about Zoom calls and video conferencing, you can mute your microphone when you're not talking and you can also shut down your video so nobody can see you when you're not talking or even when you are talking, it can, you, you have anonymity. Have you found that um, people in these, in our virtual support groups, uh, are you hearing that they're mostly, you can see everybody's face or are there a lot of people who are doing that sort of blacked out view of their video or how is all that working? Our guidelines provide some parameters on how the groups function, and it does specifically state that nobody is expected to share, but everybody is, you know, of course, encouraged and allowed to share. We do like it when people have their video on so that everybody can see everybody else. And of course, um, your audio so that we can hear. We typically mute you know, for the whole group. So we don't get a lot of background noise. And then we unmute for each person to share. The way that our referral process works is when someone calls, emails, or submits a web form, that goes to one of our support group screeners who then calls them and talks to them about what their particular needs are. Once they have that conversation and they're able to direct them into a support group that best fits them, We will send them the guideline and expectations, a YouTube video on how to access the meeting and the meeting invitation link itself, as long as as well as the ID and password. From there, also, we send some basic information to the support group leader. So the support group leader will know who is in the meetings. Um, other, Other support group attendees will know who is there. Um, But it's expected that they do not share who is there nor what they have shared, as well as keeping um, just even, you know, their presence there um, to themselves. And then, you know, just in the last couple of days, there's been some concerns about the security of Zoom calls. And so uh, talk to me about how you guys have addressed that. First of all, we have that screening process where our Zoom links are only sent to participants who have been approved for a group. Secondly, all Zoom meetings that we establish are password protected. So even if they randomly generate an ID for a meeting, they will not be able to enter any meeting that we have established because without that passcode. 
Further, I'm accessible at all times to all group leaders and have full control or authority over the program. So I'm able to go in and remove participants as needed if, if it were to come to that. Luckily, we haven't had that problem. Um, additionally, we make it clear that no support group will be recorded and should not be recorded. I'm excited about these virtual support groups. I know if, um, and I think as, as the trajectory of COVID is going, I think we're all going to need that extra level of support um, to deal with our anxiety and depression that I personally am going to attend, you know, um, whereas before I would not have gone to an in-person support group. So thank you. I think this is an amazing service. And it's also, as we've talked about, Rebecca, um, we are Mental Health Association Oklahoma. We're a statewide agency. And, you know, but for the most part, our services are, you know, in the Tulsa and Oklahoma City areas. And getting into the non-metro areas, we're doing our best where we do provide by request uh, suicide prevention trainings in various non-metro areas. But this really is the at the heart of being a statewide organization. So, as you mentioned, you've, you you said you've been a part of virtual support groups in the past, right? And so, this is not this is not a new model. This is not a new innovation for the most part, right? In the substance use disorder and addiction communities, they have often been available online for rural communities and people traveling and that kind of thing. The majority of them have been in person, but there have always, well, not always, I can't say always, but there have been online groups available for quite some time. Two weeks ago when these when our virtual support groups started, I think we were both surprised at how the media was very excited about these virtual support groups. Um, you've probably done at least 10 media interviews in the past two weeks. And that really culminated in a reporter from Al Jazeera English. So that's a global news outlet. And they wanted to talk to you about our, our virtual support groups. So this is Tuesday, April 7th, tomorrow morning. I'm going to uh, alert the media to these new COVID-related support groups. And I know we're going to be inundated with requests again because this is really an amazing uh, service in our in our community. So, when you were talking and you've been on TV and radio and print and you know all over, you've done uh, podcasts. You've done you know you're just all over the place. Tell me what you what you hope the big takeaways are from those those interviews that you've given. You know, if the reporter remembers nothing else, this is what you hope that they impart to their audience. So the big takeaway for these various media spots is that our goal is to provide support and hope to people as they have a mental health journey with whether that's a diagnosis or a life experience they've had, whether that's stress related to COVID-19 and its social impact on our life today, or whether just for the first time it feels like a safe thing to try. I think that is the biggest takeaway for each of these media spots that people will feel encouraged and safe to come in and receive that support and that connection that leads to hope and continues to give them that optimistic outlook that things will be okay and that everything that we go through, whether that's a mental health disorder, a pandemic, or general day-to-day experiences that are overwhelming, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is support out there and we don't have to do it alone. 
Okay. When media uh, and, and reporters um, have been talking with you, has anybody, you know, and you, you don't have to say who or what media outlet, but has there been anybody who said, you know, thanks for offering this, you know, I'm going to tell my mom about this, or I'm going to tell my sister, or um, what have been some of those conversations that you've had with, uh, with those reporters? That's been one of the most fun part about these um, media spots is really connecting with other people that, you know, after the interviews say, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm going to call my sister or I'm going to call my uh, friend and let them know about this. Yeah. Okay. So um, as we do at the end of every podcast, we ask the guests to share a bit of wisdom, close us out by saying, go do good things. So Rebecca, take it away. Okay. So I think the big thing right now is just to know that hope is still attainable and connection is still attainable. It just looks a little different and we can still connect and we can still move forward and we can still go do good things. COVID-19 has impacted the people Mental Health Association Oklahoma serves every day. People impacted by mental illness, homelessness, substance use, and justice involvement. And we continue to serve the most vulnerable in our communities, but that's coming with many unexpected expenses. We have established a COVID-19 relief fund to assist us in the emergency services we are providing. Help us serve our participants in need of rental assistance, mental health care, food and shelter, and other basic necessities. Go to Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page to contribute or visit our website at mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page.